the Feast of the Presentation of Jesus, it's a mystery that has many different aspects. And I think in a way we can see it as an encounter between different generations. You know, you see young Mary and Joseph bringing their child and encountering Simeon, who was an older man, and, and Anna, the prophetess, and people worshiping there. And in a way, it's like the encounter of the ancient hopes of Israel with the fulfillment of those hopes. Israel had a lot of hopes that had never been fulfilled. They were a broken nation in so many ways, conquered by the Romans, scattered for many centuries, never completely where they wanted to be, always nostalgic of the former glory of the years of David. And although many had tried to solve this, to address the issues the, you know, through political changes, through military campaigns, through reforms, nothing had really worked to bring things together again, to, to bring generations, to bring the people together again. So many people just lost hope that anything could be done, but a few people were clinging to a hope that, you know, what we, humanly speaking, can, have not been able to do in Israel, God will be able to accomplish. And, so, and that's exactly what Simeon says in this prophecy. He was still clinging to that hope. And when the child Jesus came in, he was, it was revealed in the Spirit to him that this is the hope of Israel and of all nations. Here is finally the one who will bring all the, you know, fulfill all the longings that, that, we, that Israel, Israel had for restoration and all humanity had. I think this is especially relevant to us today. You know, Israel had 12 tribes that needed to be reunified. Today we have, I don't know how many tribes, lots of them, you know, lots of tribes out there. Uh, but also, I think as social changes have accelerated so much, there is an increasing gap <clears throat> between generations. I feel very disconnected in many ways from people who came before us, and at times you look at younger people or kids and say, well, what will be of that generation, you know? Um, I see many young people at American University, for example, they, they talk with great admiration about their, their, their parents and grandparents. They especially admire that generation that went through the Great Depression and World War II. But at the same time, you know, the culture is evolving so rapidly that people of different generations seem to inhabit different social worlds, to feel differently about things, you know? found it, this, this interesting post online a few days ago. A man wrote the following. I was vis visiting my son and daughter-in-law over the weekend, and I asked my son if I could borrow a newspaper. Dad, he said, this is the 21st century, he said condescendingly. We don't waste money on newspapers. Here, you can borrow my iPad. And the man concluded, I can tell you that fly never saw it coming. Well, in spite of this growing gap, you know, in a funny way, but it's true that there's so much, I think, misunderstanding and also this condescension and distrust at times among generations, you know. I think there, there's a longing for reconciliation, that we could be together in, in a new way. And this Feast of the Presentation brings that to the fore. You see Simeon as the old man who sees his hopes fulfilled in this young couple, in these young adults, coming to the temple in this little child. 
and, and this young family that fulfilled what ancient Israel had been look, looking for and longing for. Now, Lord, you can let your servant go in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And I think we, we need you know, to learn to bridge that gap between generations, not only because we have this desire for a, a deeper connection with our parents, grandparents, younger people, but I think it's, it's needed to create a better world. If we are to accomplish a better society, we need to start bridging those, those gaps. Because, you know, experiencing in life soon will show you, shows you, shows us that deep changes can never be done on an individual basis. You get an important position in government, or in a school, or in a company, and you work so hard to introduce all these policy changes, uh, or change the budget, and so on and so forth, and then suppose you leave, you're moved to a different position. If you didn't change the hearts of people around you, everything will go back to how it was before you came there. It's very disappointing, isn't it? If you've seen that, it's very true. If we don't impact the hearts of people, changing papers, you know, changing laws, changing budgets has some impact, but not too, too long-lasting. And that's why people who had the deepest influence in history were those who, who formed disciples, those who generated a following, a school, those who influenced, those who were influencers, those who, who shaped opinion and, and created like new perspectives for others. And I think the, the, that ability to create community and to mentor others goes hand in hand with the ability to connect different generations. It's, it's, sort of, it's a sort of intergenerational skill, in a way. You know, for the last few Sundays, Father Ivan has been talking about adventure, how we have this profound longing for adventure and mission in our lives. Well, adventure is, requires a community. There's no isolated person or individualistic person that has an adventure. Adventure, by definition, is something that is done by a team. Think of any good adventure story, and there's always a community of sorts, like the Fellowship of the Rings in The Lord of the Rings, for example, or the resistance against the Empire in, in Star Wars, and so on. Even superheroes, who were initially created as individuals who fought on their own, are now coming together, right? You have the Avengers and all these different continuations of the saga in which they just work as a team. Because it's like we see that important changes cannot happen simply on an individual basis. I think there's a point for all of that because even deeper than the desire for individual success runs a desire for common accomplishments. You know, even deeper than that desire for individual success runs the desire for common accomplishments. Some time ago, I heard the story of a, a, a doctor who was a middle-aged man in, in a small town in Argentina. He was a, a trauma surgeon. I call him Dr. Mazzini. And he was the only one with that specialty in town. And he had a well-established practice. And at one point, this young doctor came and moved into town and came up to him and said, Dr. Mazzini, would you mentor me? Would you teach me how to do things, how to treat patients, how to do what you do? And he thought and said, no, 
because you know I'm not gonna I'm gonna lose some of my patients and I have my clients you know and then he 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 prayed about it he's a man of faith and said well you know it's not only about my career and my my success it's also a need of this town it's a small town I need someone who will succeed me at one point I have a function that goes beyond my own career it's a need for these people here in this place and so he went back to this young doctor and says Yes, I will mentor you. And that's what happened. And he even taught this young doctor a, a technique for knee surgery that he himself had developed. Nobody else, he cannot develop this way of doing that surgery that he had discovered through the years. Well, that's the kind of thing we need. We need mentors. We need mentoring relationships. We need teams. People who can bridge those gaps. If you truly want adventure, if you truly want to make of this world a better place, if you want to succeed in a, in a deeper way than simply getting a greater paycheck at the end of the month, you need more than honing in your, your personal skills. You need to connect with other people. You need to form teams to inspire others. You need to create community. You need to be guided. You need to be a mentor. How do we do that? Well, I think a great part of that is to develop those skills from early on, to, to relearn those skills that, to some extent, I think we have lost. A first step for that is to allow Jesus to shape our hearts. I think to restore that ability to connect with others in a deeper way, we need Jesus to restore our, our souls and to shape us in, 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 according to, to his likeness. Because he... He was a great mentor, a mentor, a great teacher, someone who formed community. And it's usually our human brokenness that doesn't allow community to be formed. We, we get divided over petty, silly disagreements and preferences, and that's why we go different ways. And I think Jesus is the one who can heal us and bring us together again. You know, it's, I know that some people will tell you the opposite, that Catholicism is divisive, and religion will not unite people, I think that's not, don't, not the case. Actually, it's the contrary. Look around. We are in the, some, one of the most secular ages in recent history, and look at how we are doing. Not a time of great social union, I would say. So allow Christ to shape your heart. The second thing is develop your social skills. Not simply the professional skills, the technical aspect, you know, public speaking, but the interpersonal skills that are so important, that require, you know, like a change of heart at times. Simple things like introduce yourself. Develop a stronger self to, to overcome the fear of awkwardness, for example. Make an effort to connect with different people. Keep the connections you have. Keep the friends you have. Stay in touch with them, with people in your family. Join other people who have good initiatives. Here in the parish, we're having the Alpha course right now, or we have uh, the women Bible study, Walking with Purpose. There's a lot of things in Catholic charities. So join those things. You know, a young woman that I, I met, uh, I befriended for many years, told me, uh, you know, we moved to this neighborhood and, and for years, and we don't know a lot of people. And then she said, I'll do this. I'll, every time a new family moves into the neighborhood, we'll go up with my husband and introduce ourselves, welcoming them to the neighborhood. 
And I, she developed a sort of plan to welcome new neighbors and show them the, the best restaurants in the place and what to do on the weekends and invite them to our open house. We need those things because we're kind of loosening that social fabric, right? So what can you do to cultivate your social skills? Maybe make a list of those things this week, a few things that you can do to cultivate social skills. And finally, develop or di discover what's your area of influence. Discover how you influence other people. Some, some say, well, I'm shy. I'm not a social person. I don't think I can influence others or mentor, mentor other people. But not everybody influences people by being sociable. Some people are specialists. Other people are great listeners. Other people are, you know, are bond with others through action, through activity. So think of what are the, the strengths that you have and how you can develop those and how you can influence other people through your skills. The skills you have are an opportunity to bond, but it's not automatic. You can also use your skills in a very individualistic manner. You can be like Dr. Dr. Mazzini in the beginning who said, I just use my skill for me. Or you can say, no, here's an opportunity to do something greater than myself and go out. So what are your talents? How could you use those, that influence you have to connect with other people? So this is what the presentation is about. It's about bridging the gap between generations. It's about reconstructing the fabric of society. It's about seeing success more than just an individual accomplishment. That's a common thing that we can share with the guidance of Christ. So may we pray. Lord God, I praise you for the skills and opportunities you've given each one of us. And I also thank you, Lord, for the wealth of talents that we have received through other people around us. Lead us to empower one another by overcoming selfishness and overcoming isolation. Give us that grace of achieving greater unity, especially, Lord, of overcoming that gap between generations In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.